Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. Amen. Just a, a moment before, uh, before I work to bring the word. I know we have guests here today. I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, I'm kind of new myself here, back here. So, but I see new faces that I don't know, and I've met some new people. And, uh, but I think sometimes when people come among us, they may not know, they may not know why we do what we do. And uh, sometimes we get a bit aggressive, uh, assertive in the spirit. We pray for people. And uh, I feel a great need for that today. But we certainly want to do, try to do it the right way. Like, I'd like for you, if you would, to turn to somebody nearby and ask them, would you mind if I pray with you? So right now, if you do that, Turn to someone, ask them. If you don't know them, yes. Do you mind if I pray with you? And then, then I'd like for you maybe to take a hand of that person. And I'd like for you to begin to pray with one another right now in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will give you the words to say that will break the chains, that will set captives free, that will give you boldness in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, let there be freedom in the house. We've sung about it. We've worshiped you, oh God, because you are the chain breaker. Let the Holy Spirit, even now, touch every heart, touch every life. In the name of Jesus, the most important thing here today, Jesus, is the touch of your hand, is the working of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let the word be applied to our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I want you to pray freedom for that life. Freedom for that life. In the name of Jesus, freedom for that soul. Freedom for that spirit. Healing, healing, healing over wounds. Physical healing, spiritual healing. Yes, yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray, but first I want to say, your pastor, you have an incredible pastor here. I don't say that just because he's my son. I say it because he is an incredible pastor, an incredible preacher in great demand, very concerned about his delivery and about the work that he does. And... Um, I stand here today, hopefully in the stead of Jesus Christ, but I also stand in the stead of the pastor. And I'm thankful, given the opportunity to be here, and his family that's here, all of them that are here, and Brooke down the road a bit. But I love, I love my family. They're my family too. And we pray for God's blessing upon them. Earlier when Pastor Sanchez the Spanish pastor of Esperanza Viva was speaking. He talked about the need for the head to be protected. And I realized he was speaking. There's just various forms in the Bible. But one of the heads of the church is the pastor. And if you think you have thoughts in your mind that the enemy bombards your mind, I promise you, your pastor daily, hello, weekly, Probably every minute, he is biting, fighting a battle in his mind. And I encourage you, pray for your pastor. 
you will be helping yourself to pray for your pastor. You will be helping this church to pray for your pastor. Amen. And, uh, and then I had a request, a special request brought to me. A, a man by the name of Quentin uh, was hit uh, on his motorcycle, was hit by an 18-wheeler, and um, he's bleeding on the brain. But, you know, we're, we're, we're living in, and serving a God who still does the miraculous. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now for Quentin. His name is Quentin. Call his name out. Jesus, we pray for Quentin right now. We ask you to heal his mind, his brain. We ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, give him complete recovery. We pray in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And and I want to say one more thing I want us to do. I I actually dreamed about this last night. Uh, That's what old men do. Dream dreams, right? But, but. I did. I dreamed about that there was going to be great healing that takes here t- place here today. And you don't know who among us, diabetes, cancer, hello, broken hearts, broken lives. You don't know who's standing next to you because we put on our best. Hello. And we put a smile on our face. We try to. And we want everybody to think we're okay. And maybe we're just trying to be okay. So I'm going to ask you to pray right now. And uh, I say to my brother, you need a healing in your brain. You need a healing in your liver, your kidneys, your heart. Hello? I say to my sisters, you need healing in your body. I just ask you to receive it as the spirit of healing begins to flow through this body. So I ask you to pray with me right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to release the healing power, the healing virtue of Jesus in this room right now. Every sickness, oh God. Yes, Lord, every broken heart, every broken life to be ministered to by the spirit of healing as it flows through this room. In the name of Jesus, 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 the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, heal that person that's got a bad neck. Hello? I don't have to know, but Jesus knows. He knows right where you're standing. He knows what's going on, but he is the healer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So then, if you want to return to your seats, I will do my best to be uh, like, uh, not lengthy, but no promises. I do feel like I have about, I have a word. Uh, I don't think that we're, I think we're living in a time where you cannot take, you, you can be seated for a minute. When we get to the scripture, I'll have you stand again or. But thank you, but I thank you. You can stand all service if you want. I don't care. But uh, but I believe that, especially you look around, the place is packed. The place is packed. And I, I'm going to give you a recommendation, ushers. Next week, set out more chairs. Hello? They're coming. I hope that by the time I'm through today, you'll believe that they are coming. They're coming, not because, yes, we'll do everything we can. We're going to try to have the best greeters team and ushers, the best music we can have. We're going to do our best, right? And we're going to fast and we're going to pray, all right? But it's going to be the Spirit that brings the people that we cannot bring. And they're going to fill this building up. We're going to start having more services. Hello? Yeah. Because people are going to come. They're already coming. We're glad you're here. Friends and guests, maybe you're new here. Maybe you've been here before, and I'm the new one here. But we're glad you're here. So um, 
I don't know. We're going to start with what I got, all right, and we'll see where it takes us. If you'll turn with me, and, and I'm going to give you a title, and it won't even sound like the scriptures we're going to read. But hopefully we'll get there, all right? So if you'll turn in your Bible, or they'll put it on the screen, and I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, buy one. I know you can get one on your phone, but there's nothing like your personal Bible. There's nothing like making notes in your personal Bible. I'm telling you, your Bible can become your best friend because it's the words of Jesus. I encourage you, get you a Bible if you don't have one. You, and if you need one and you can't afford to buy one, you come and see me. I will get you one. All right? All right. Job, the book of Job. Well, praise God. If you know anything about Job, that's a good place to start. Job chapter 14 and verse 14. Great question. Great question. If a man die, shall he live again? Good question to start with. Because maybe someone here today, maybe you're new to Christianity new to the Word of God. Maybe you've had these questions. What happens when I die? Uh, I'm not going to try and answer all that. But Job said, if a man dies, shall he live again? And then he answers it all to his satisfaction. All the days of my appointed, and that, I want you to notice that word, all the days of my appointed time will I wait Till my change come. Whew, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Go with me now to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, hello, after this, the judgment. You can get a little quiet, right? I'm just telling you, we're living in a time when Christianity, Christianity in many ways has become so weakened because they're not telling people the truth. And it's so important, it's so important that we preach to you the truth. That this is not about me, a contest and battling with you and arguing with you and trying to convince you of something you don't want to be convinced of. That's not it at all. We're here to tell you today. Hopefully you will see it for yourself in the Scripture. Thus saith the Word of God. And I can tell you what's going to happen after we die. Judgment. <laughs> well, praise God. You could be seated. Judgment. But probably I should take some time, at least a minute or so, to try and define to you judgment. Judgment is such a misunderstood word in the Bible. Judgment to some is like a fearful thing where God's just waiting on the opportunity to take you out. And that's not the judgment that I'm referring to today. Dad, Scriber, good to see you. Glad you're here today, Elder. God bless you. I do this too. Like, you know, I'm really just, we're not, we're not here for me just to whatever, you know, like give great words. We're here to interact, interact with the Holy Ghost, interact with one another in the Spirit of God. Let God speak to us all today. So I'm going to start with this and see how we go, all right? Judgment. After this, the judgment. So, I got about five pages of notes. And I told you I want you to focus particularly on the word appointment. Both Job and the writer of Hebrews uses the word in reference to kind of the same subject. That there, it seems to say that you and I, each one of us, have an allotted amount of time to live and it's in the eye of God that none of us are without his oversight. 
He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. He, he cares about you. When you weep, he weeps. He cares about you. And uh, this appointment, so I'm going to start by talking about the appointment, but the title of my message today is, yes, did I give it to you? Yeah, preparing for the seventh month. Sounds strange, right? You're, I'm going to start way back over here and try to get you to this. And I believe we are soon approaching what I would refer to as the seventh month. You see, uh, in the scripture as an entire picture, um, the people were first chosen in the 12th chapter of Genesis. It's like God starts over. We know in chapter 1 there's um, Adam and Eve. So he has created humanity. But in chapter 12, a new character enters into the subject, and his name is Abraham. And it's as though God is starting over with man, and now it's going to be the subject, like Pastor Eric spoke so well this morning on, the subject of Abraham's life and his testimony is the subject of faith. We know from the story of Adam and Eve there was failure and there indeed was judgment. But in the 12th chapter of Genesis, God, which is an amazing thing, I have met a few people in my lifetime who have never known the God that we know. They have maybe been atheist or Buddhist or Hindus or Muslims. They have been, lived their whole life learning uh, maybe say different religious beliefs. But we're not here today to try and just give you a religion. The God of which we speak is not just a religion. But he is a living God. He is a living God who desires relationship with humanity. He wants to be He wants to be related to you maybe more than you want to be related to him. And so it is in this 12th chapter, actually the 11th chapter kind of gives the background that Abraham's family, they did not know this God of which we speak. The Old Testament, he was referred to as Yahweh or Jehovah and had multiple uh, descriptions of Jehovah by the things, the works that he done, he did, he accomplished. He was Jehovah. But in the New Testament, Jehovah becomes Jesus. Same God, God of the Old Testament, is the God of the New Testament. Yes, yes. Ha! Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry, we get a little carried away. And so the story begins to unfold. It's the greatest story. It's called his story. History. His story. This Bible is not God's opinion. This is God's word. Yes, yes. It contains his story. He moved upon the minds and the hearts of the Bible, says, uh, anointed, anointed, Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Spirit. And there were scribes who penned these words until we finally come to the place where we have today a very precious book. It's called the Bible or the Holy Book. And when you read in Daniel and you read in Revelation, it speaks of a particular people and it declares that they are the people of the book. We're not just anybody. We are the people of the book. In this unfolding of the story, though it starts with Abraham, who is to become known as the father of the faithful. He was a man of faith. And... Uh, Incredible stories. I mean, like him and his wife have a baby like at 100 years old. Hello? Um, that's Bible. But it wasn't just because God felt bad for Sarah that she didn't have a baby. 
that was, there was a purpose for the birth. There was an appointment. And matter of fact, if you read the story, you'll find it tells that at the appointed time, God gave them the promise long before it became the appointed time. I'm speaking to the church. I'm going to get to the seventh month, but God has an appointed time. If the people of Living Hope would only really open your eyes, you would see people are coming. Oh, my Lord, they're coming. They're coming from the north and the south and the east and the west. Revival is not our idea. It's God's plan. It's his appointed time. It's his appointed season. So, Abraham... He's an appointed man. I'm gonna, I'll start with that. An appointed man. And, and I got some things I want to say about you might think that you're here today like you just drove by and decided to come in. And we're thankful for that. But we have a different take on that. We believe God brought you here today. And you may have been here. You may have fed family here. Today is a different day. Today is your day. Today is your time. You may be here, may think you're here for other reasons, but there is a God who is control. I can show you scripture. I hope to get to that point today where I will show you scriptures that tell us that God has appointed times and he sets people up and he takes people down. Even kings and presidents and Hello, governments, they are under the control of God. You're not here by accident today. You're here because God brought you here. That's such an important thing because it speaks of destiny. You may feel, our world would have you feel that your life is just a waste of time, a waste of breath. That you're going to come to an end and that's it. But we've got a holy book that speaks of greater things than that. It tells us that we are eternal beings. That you were born by God's design. You were created in his image, in his likeness. And he has a destiny for you. Your life has a purpose. I want to say that about a thousand times. Your life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. I read an article not long ago that said that one of the reasons that the suicide rate is so high is because there is a common, it's actually kind of, I think, been promoted in our school systems that your life really has no purpose. So on a Sunday morning... On this 27th day of August, hello, in 2023, God wants to speak to you through this preacher and tell you your life has meaning. Your life has a purpose. You have a destiny. I want to mention a couple of things. You can be seated just for a little bit, all right? The Bible talks about particular men and offices, how people are not only appointed, but they're anointed to fulfill certain offices. And I know sometimes if we're not careful, we can just get all caught up in the offices, not understanding that there's divine destiny and there's appointments, there's a reason. Like sometimes people say, I'm a prophet. I want to know what kind of prophet you are. I'm going to show you what I mean. In Hosea... The book of Hosea, okay, Hosea is referred to as the faithful prophet. He's also referred to as the prophet of love. We all like Hosea. Joel, he was a prophet. He's called the prophet of Pentecost because he prophesied concerning what was going to happen at Pentecost. And then there's uh, Amos. He's the prophet of judgment. Obadiah, the prophet of doom. 
and deliverance. Jonah, he's the disobedient prophet. Micah, the prophet of the kingdom. Nahum, he was definitely just the prophet of doom. Habakkuk, he was the burdened prophet. Zephaniah, the prophet of hope. Haggai, the prophet of encouragement. Hello? Zechariah, the messianic prophet. Malachi, the prophet of challenge. And Ezekiel, and, and I'm sure there are others. I'm just really giving you a short list. Because prophets, the office of a prophet is not new. It didn't arrive on the scene in 2023. And all of a sudden you got so many people declaring they have the office of a prophet. That got too quiet in here for me. Hello? And one time Moses had a bunch of people. And they were prophesying, and somebody comes and said, Moses, Moses. All. He said, I wish they would all prophesy. And what he was talking about is you do have to open your mouth. For example, in your own life, if you keep saying, I can't, you never will. If you keep saying, it's not going to happen, it never will. You've got to become, so to speak, a prophet even in your own life. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through him that hath loved me. I'm not here to criticize the office of a prophet, but I'm going to tell you, you need more than a prophet. Hello. So um, I'm going to talk about times, appointed times, if I find it in my notes here. Yes. There are appointed times. Daniel 5, 21. Maybe they could put that on the screen for me. Daniel. If Daniel was... Noted for anything, the book of Daniel is noted for Daniel being a praying man. He had great faith in prayer. He believed that, you know, if I spent time today on saying any one thing, we need a restoration of faith in prayer. We need you not only to say words to God, but to believe that God is listening to you pray and that he will answer your prayer. You need to pray for your family. You need to pray for your neighbor. You need to pray for your city. You need to pray for your nation because our God is a prayer answering God. The enemy would lie to you and tell you, I don't care which political party is your persuasion. The enemy would have you to think that that's the answer, that's to all of our problems, when in reality they just get us deeper and deeper and deeper in trouble. You cannot put your faith in politicians. You can't put faith in your money. You can't put faith in your own physical health. You must put your faith in Jesus Christ. He is a prayer answering God. Ask, ask, and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Pray. Pray, church. Pray. We need a fresh revelation. I believe it's in the book of uh, Zechariah that he said, Ask for rain in the time of the rain. Makes pretty simple, pretty clear to me that, okay, it's raining. It's the, so that's what I want to take us to. I want to talk to us about, first of all, the seasons that are, the, the people that came out of Abraham's lineage became known as the Hebrew people. That, that's, we refer to that as the Jewish people, but they were the Hebrew people. It was Abraham's lineage and we know the patriarchs, those were the founding fathers of that nation, was 
right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God used them to establish a nation called Israel. Matter of fact, Jacob had to have a personal experience with God. I'm going to tell you, most revelation doesn't come just from you're like Lala. It comes from, hello? It comes from the word of God and experience in your life. You experience God and God will give you revelation for you. It's not you joining this church. It's not you signing up to be a member of another club. It's personal relationship with Jesus. Now, I'm just going to tell you, that's true, all true. But revelation comes, is verified by the word of God. In other words, just your dream about like a, that ain't, that ain't enough. It's got to be verified by the word of God. All right. I really am looking for my notes too. So, there are appointed times Uh, We read this word appointed. In your lifetime, you're going to have appointed times. There are people here who had experiences with God as a child. I don't have to know that. I know God. It may may have been in a Sunday school class as a child. It may have been at some experience when you were in the military. It may have been some experience where you were high on drugs. Hello? Maybe drunk out of your mind. Hello? I met more preachers in the bar than I met anywhere else. So why would do that? Because God is seeking sinners. He's, you, I know we come here. Hopefully we come here to experience God. Maybe we come doubting whether or not you can experience God anywhere. But I'm telling you, God is not inside these four walls alone. He's out there walking the streets. He's in bars. Hello? He's in brothels. Am I getting plain enough? He is seeking sinners. He's seeking you, my brother. Young man, he's seeking you before the devil destroys you. Seeking, seeking. And sometimes you would think that the most advantageous, if that's the right word, place is the church. I don't think so. Hello, don't get mad at me now. But I found God in a bar, or God found me in a bar. Wherever their sinners are, that's where you're going to find Jesus. Jesus, come on over to my house. I'm going to have lunch with you. I'm going to go over to your house and have lunch at your house. That's what made the Pharisees so mad. God, he's a religious man, and he's hanging out with sinners. Why, that's why the place is going to fill up, folks, because there's a whole lot of sinners out there. Yes, yes, yes. Every time there has been great sin, there's been great revival. Hello? I say it again. Every time there's been great sin, there's been great revival. Come on, TJ, out running. It's not there. I'm still looking. Just tell you what I remember. Because I all week long I write these notes down. I go back, oh God, help me to remember. Hello? When I was a young man, no problem. Hello now, and I go, oh my God, what was that? Where did I write that? But I have to trust in the Holy Spirit that the words that are spoken today will be more than just the words of a man. More, uh, you don't need just another. You need God to speak to you. If God speaks to you, he'll propel you from where you are to where he wants to take you. 
All right, so I told you the title is, what was the title? Preparing for the seventh month. All right, so I'm going to give you a little bit of Hebrew history, Jewish history. And this is all like foundational in the Old Testament. Because that was the story of the building of God's people. Because God was going to build a people so a Messiah could be born. A Savior could be born. That was the purpose of the nation of Israel. Is that there would be a baby born in Bethlehem. Who would come to save us from our sins. So, all right, let's start with this. It has the foundation, but it starts like they're in Egypt. This people, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're in Egypt now because they wouldn't obey God. But don't worry, God has a purpose. You ever wondered how in the world I've been messed up so much I don't think there's any hope for me? Don't you worry. God can work right through your mess. The greatest things that have ever been done have been accomplished not by us, but by the work of the Spirit through people that had fallen. Sometimes your failures are divine appointments. Hello? No, I don't think so. God would want me to be perfect. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm just telling you, I don't. Moses wasn't perfect. He murdered a couple of people. Hello. David wasn't perfect. Hello. Do I have to go in that story? My God. Noah. Hello, brother Noah. He was saved out of a flood. You know what he did? First thing he did? Hello. Plant some grapes. Get some wine. Get drunk. Hello. I'm just telling you. God sees the weakness of our humanity. He has never given up on us. He knows where you live, what your name is. He knows everything about you. And his spirit is calling, come unto me. Come unto me. Hey. Yeah, you all are feeling it. So, to get them out of Egypt, this is important because many of us, even today, still have ties to Egypt. Egypt is the world. That's the typology of it. It's the world. Many of us, we still got ties to Egypt. Hello? Don't worry. God saw all of his people. They went in there... Like Egypt, 70 people. And now they've grown to what? About 3 million, 6 million. And God's going to bring them out of Egypt. And the Bible said he brought them out with a mighty hand. There's people sitting here. God's got a destiny for you. But he's going to have to bring you out with a mighty hand. He's going to have to snatch you up and set you down in his kingdom. You know, I, I, look, I know I'm a little radical, but I'm telling you, we are living in the most incredible time. The greatest works of God are still ahead of us. Hello? But I got to put that in. You got to believe that, Brother Gerald. You're not just here punching the clock. Brother Douglas, I know you've been here with us a long time, but Brother Douglas, you're still not just punching the clock. God's got a destiny, Sister Darlene. God's got a purpose, Sister May. God knows what he's doing. Come on, Chris. God knows what he's doing. I don't know why, as humanity, we lose sight of that. So, now they're in Egypt, and they're a mess. They've become Egyptians, just holy Egyptians. Hello? Some of you ought to smile a bit. In other words, you become sanctified Egyptians in the world, of the world, still going to church. Well, that's free. 
The truth is, God's got a bigger plan for you than just you sitting here in church. God's got a destiny for you. Sister Tammy, God's got a destiny for you. So, what do you have to do? Well, plagues, my trouble, 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 trouble. Why all this trouble? Hello, because God's got a plan. Oh, my Lord. I've seen people in church want to give up because they got trouble. Not understanding God knew that he sent that trouble. (laughs) You thought when you come to Jesus, no trouble, trouble free. No, 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 no. It don't work that way. God's going to make something new out of you. He's the potter. You're the clay. So, so in order to bring them out of Egypt, he brings them through these plagues, and finally they come to the 10th plague. And this plague is the death of the oldest son. Hello in every family, right? And in order to be delivered from it, the blood of the lamb had to be applied. Come on, some of you church folks ought to be going, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. You want to know what brought you out? You know what kept you out? You know what satisfied your soul and delivered you from sin? The blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. And that in itself is an incredible story. But in all truth, that's only the blueprint. That's only the blueprint. The lamb in Egypt being sacrificed for, your, for their sins is the blueprint because the best is yet to come. Because God's got in his mind another one who's not going to be the little four-footed animal called the lamb. He's going to be the son of God that John declared, Behold, the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus. But in order for God to establish the culture and the times and the seasons, Everything I'm trying to talk about, whether you get it or not, is about appointed times. God has an appointed time. And the appointed time established at that time was the Passover. The Passover, he said, this is going to be the beginning of a new year for you. It's going to be a new life for you when the blood's applied. going to be a new life for you. That's why if you're here today and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, we got water. We got people that have baptized you so your past can be covered by the blood of the Lamb. But the point that I want to get to is how this time, now it becomes the first month of the children of Israel. The first month. And the first time of worship that's established in their history is the Passover. The 14th day of the first month, he said, will be the Passover. I'm moving quickly now because I'm not going to go into all the details that I went into with the Passover because there may be someone here today that you are tired. You're heavy with the burden of your sins and you don't know what to do about them. And I'm telling you, you're in the right place. This is why Jesus died. This is why Jesus came and gave his life, is that we could be free. Break every yoke. Break every chain that he could set us free. So, seems maybe like coincidence or accidents, but it's divine appointment. They never really murdered Jesus. You know that, don't you? Jesus gave himself. A sacrifice for us. Jesus. Jesus died for us. Of his own choice. Because he was in the mind of God. Before the foundation of the world was laid. This was not an accident. It was the destiny of God. A new life. And so. 
it's the new year. And the children of Israel, as I'm speeding through it, they had seven months. That's really their year, their religious year, was seven months. And you can go through them. It was uh, after Passover, it was 50 days. Elder is 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. And you can read that in Acts chapter 1. Then Acts chapter 2 is Pentecost. What's Pentecost? Pentecost is the celebration of the Spirit of God that comes to live in a human life. There is evidence when the Spirit comes into a life. Yes, the first initial evidence is you will speak with the language you've never spoken before. Now, I'm going to give you, there's a reason for that. That's not like God going, oh, let them talk in tongues. That's, it's more than that. It's when your spirit begins to prophesy out of your mouth into your future. That's, you, the Bible tells us if we prophesy, our, we're limited. But if you let the Holy Ghost begin to speak through you, he will prophesy great things into your future. Great things into the church. And the first thing that has to happen in Pentecost is people have got to allow the Holy Ghost to speak through them. Prophesy in the future. That's why there's coming. There have been people here praying a long time. There's people in this church been here a long time praying. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying when we don't understand. Praying when we do understand. And feeling like our prayers are limited and weak. But then the Holy Ghost comes on us. The Bible said the Spirit making the intercession for us according to the will of God. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Spirit comes upon us. And the Spirit begins to prophesy. There's going to be revival in Lexington Park. There's going to be a harvest greater than we've ever known. That's going to come from the north and the south and the east and the west. The Holy Ghost will prophesy it. That brings us to the second, the third month, actually. That's Pentecost was the third month. So you got the first month, and I got the names written down, but first month, the third month, Pentecost. Those are, they're, they're not just stories. They are experiences that people had with God. Am I making sense to you? Yes, it was the first month, Passover. Thank God when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. But it was more than just a story, Brother Blake. It, I, when he called me out of that bar and he put his spirit inside of me, I was baptized in his name. He washed away my sins. He changed my entire life. So I'm not going to argue doctrine with you. You want to stay bound in your sin, that's up to you. As for me and my house, we're coming out. We're coming out. I think some folks, hello, I think sometimes folks get theologically saved, but I'm not sure they're saved. In other words, they can give you all the doctrine, but they've never been set free. But I'm telling you, when you get baptized in the repent of your sins, get baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the Holy Ghost, it won't be theology. It'll be neology. It'll be shouting and dancing and worship. It'll be jubilee. So that takes us to the third month, Pentecost. I could stay there all day. And from the sounds of this place, so could you all. But if you follow on, because actually Pentecost has to do with harvest. Now, if I could just penetrate your thoughts, I would tell you that Calvary and the crucifixion of Jesus and him being raised from the dead and the three and a half years of his ministry, all of that was seed that God was sowing, sowing, sowing. He sowed seed at Calvary, seeds of life, right? He took death and ripped its throat out. <laughs> he said, I'm going to put something inside of you that you're not able to live on your own. But the seed of God himself is going to come inside of you and you're going to live like you've never lived. My God. Yeah. 
It's the seed. So you can look this up. I hope. Pentecost was a harvest time. It was a, the corn harvest, the time of the corn harvest. But it was only the first. See, you think that's the end. Some of you folks got the Holy Ghost and you think that's it. I got it. No, 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 no. Look at your neighbor and shake your head. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. God's got bigger things in store. Because the next month, four months, month four, month five, month six is all about harvest. It's about barley harvest and weed harvest. And you come to month sixth. Oh, see, because that's where we are. Did you know that? That's where we are right now. We are in month six. The name of month six is Elul. E-L-U-L. Elul. And you know what it means? It means he's my lover and I'm his lover. I'm just, it, I, I've come through the summer. I've come through the dark times. I've come through the wilderness. I've come through. But I have found through all of that one who loves me to the deepest part of my soul. I love him and he loves me. That's month 6th. And we just started August the 18th was the beginning of Elul. Now I'm talking about physically. But actually, as you read through what Elul was all about, it was preparing for the seventh month. The next month is the seventh month. <laughs> oh my God, you got the idea? You know it's something good or I wouldn't be going like this. Oh my God, the seventh month. But the sixth month is preparation for the seventh month. And in the sixth month, they are taught that they have to repent. Hello? Don't be shouting yet. You got to come to the altar. And repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. I know it's been lately my hobby thing. It's not just saying, I'm sorry. They don't get it done. You got to come to an altar and tell God, I've tried to live this life on my own. I've tried to work this all out in myself. Yeah, I've tried to make this happen by myself. And God is telling you, you can't do that. What you got to do is come to an altar and turn the control of your life over to God. That's it, low. It's the place where He becomes a lover of your soul, and you become the lover of your God. In other words, you don't live to him, live for him because it's law. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Would you just begin to say that with me? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. This is the month for it. This is the time. This is the season. He's not asking you, oh, he's not telling you how bad you were. He's saying if you'll just come to the place that you begin to recognize out of your depth of your heart, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I know I'm not worthy of your love, but I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, it's actually taken from an entire book in the Bible, the Song of Solomon. He's called the lover of my soul. I know none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. And certainly in my lifetime, even with Jesus, I've had my flaws. But I'm going to tell you something. A long time ago when he came to that bar and he touched me, he changed my life, Brother Jarrell. He put a love for God in my heart that even when I fall, I can come to a place where I love you, Jesus. And if I listen closely, I'll hear the voice of Jesus. I love you, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. Nobody may ever understand you. Nobody may ever agree with you. But the lover of your soul is crying out to you today, today. Today. Somewhere about the middle of September, we would call it. It's actually the middle of Elul. In the middle of it, there will come Yom Kippur, uh, Rosh Hashanah, uh, 
or in maybe Jewish terminology, there will come the beginning of the seventh month. Listen, the first thing it says about the beginning of the seventh month, it's the greatest harvest. The latter rain and the former rain are going to join together. It's not about you and me. It's about the timing of God. It's about appointments of God. The spirit of God moving. There's going to be a harvest. Yeah. They're going to be drawn by the spirit. Oh. It'll involve three feasts, actually, in that time. The first one is the Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. When the trumpet sounds. Hello? Anybody know about that? When that trumpet sounds. Oh, my Lord. You don't want to play church, my brother, my sister. You don't want to play church. You don't want to try to impress us. You want to be ready because that trumpet is going to sound. It don't matter whether or not you impress me. The answer is, are you connected to him? We live inside of these human bodies that are filled with intimidation and fear and we want to impress everyone. You know what? When I died, Elder, when I died 51 years ago at that altar of repentance, I didn't care whether you liked me or not. I was a little crazy like that guy. Hello? I pray that God would baptize us all again. That we would die to our fears and intimidations. Oh. The seventh month begins with that trumpet on the very first day of Elul. Hello. <laughs> well, I got my own opinion about some of that. I think I read somewhere in the book of Revelation, maybe other places too, the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise. That next Sunday, hello? You might be here. I'm not planning on it. Because when that trumpet sounds, according to the scripture, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. My God. Woo! Hey. I promise you, my good brother and sister, you may not be like as crazy as some of these folks, but I promise you when the trumpet sounds. I told my grandson yesterday, I said, you know what? That trumpet's getting ready to say, oh, my God. We'll go up with a shout if we all hold out to meet him in the skies. Come on. The trumpet, the trumpet's going to sound, my brother, my sister. Somebody said, will the world hear it? I don't know. The world is not going to be listening for it. Even many churches are looking for the Antichrist. I'm not looking for no Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. Come on now, Sister Linda. You know I'm telling you the truth. It's been a long wilderness journey, but we are getting close. We are getting close to the seventh month. We're preparing. We're here today, and we're preparing for the seventh month. It's about here. I know that physically I have no idea. It could be. It could be. Hello. It could be physically the seventh month. But what I know, it's a time, a season that he promised he's going to come. He's go- My question is, are you ready? Have you prepared? Or are you just ready to come back to church next Sunday? Or are you just ready maybe not to come to church or back to church at all? 
said, no, you was too long today. I'm trying to keep you here till Jesus comes. That isn't all the seventh month brings, though. You see, actually, one another aspect of that seventh month is everybody's going to put on a new robe. You're going to lay down this robe of flesh. Oh, my God, no more struggling with my flesh anymore. No more desire to sin. No more desire going to struggle in my brain. No more battling with the devil in my mind. I'm going to be caught up. I tell you what, I just feel so much God here, and I pray you feel him. I do, I pray some of you today will begin to make decisions in your mind. I don't want to live halfway for Jesus, Brother Gerald. I don't want to live. Nobody else may come, but for me, I pray to God, I have something inside of me that I come against all of even the feelings. And I say, I'm going to live for Jesus, Chris. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to lay aside this robe of flesh. That's the judgment part. You understand? Sometimes we think judgment, God's out to kill us. No, he just wants to get the flesh out of the way. The flesh is what keeps us from really giving our all to God. We think we got to understand it all. Did you know he said his ways are higher than our ways as far as the heavens are above the earth? He's appealing. Sometimes we think we get to choose who goes and who doesn't. That ain't so. If you'll respond to Jesus today, how long does it take? Just confess your sins, ask forgiveness of your sins, be baptized in the name of the Lord, receive the Spirit of God, and you will be rapture ready. Would you stand with me? The seventh month. Oh going to be an incredible thing, my brother, my sister. Jesus talked about a parable where he talked about someone who came like, like whatever it was, the last hour. And somebody who had been there a while, they got all uptight. What's he doing here? <laughs> I'm telling you, you can get in on this today. You can get in on this right now. You can let God be Lordship of Christ is you surrendering your authority to his authority. That's the Lordship of Christ. So I come. I've heard people say, well, you got to quit this year. Let me tell you something. I could not quit anything on my own. When I was doing drugs, I didn't have the power to quit. I said I quit. Hello. There were times when I said I'm not drinking anymore. I threw packs of cigarettes away and said, I quit. Only to borrow a cigarette. <laughs> but when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he changed my want to. He changed the desires of my heart. So I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite everyone to come and just say, Jesus, make me ready. I don't want to miss the rapture. Make, I invite you all come. I want to be ready, Jesus. Prepare me for the coming of the Lord. Prepare me for the seventh month. Going to walk on streets of gold. Hello? You don't want to wait till that day and try to get ready, my brother. My sister, just raise your hands and begin to tell him, Jesus, make me ready. Jesus, make me ready. Work in my heart today. Work in my life today. That's it, Chris. That's it, Steve. That's it. I'm, I want to be ready. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Jesus. I know, listen, one last thing before you pray. Listen to me. One thing that I left out but to us today may need to be the certainly very important, and that is 
in the seventh month, the beginning of the seventh month, it's going to be the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. People you thought would never walk through those doors are going to show up. People that you thought would never give their life to Jesus Christ are going to give their lives to Jesus Christ. So we got to be ready. You got to be ready when they walk through those doors. You got to be ready to love them. You got to be ready to pray with them. You got to be ready to let them come to the Lord. Don't be picky and choosy. Just say, come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. Now I want you to pray. God, make us ready for the seventh month. In Jesus' name. Jesus. That's it. Pray. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait a while.